everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going to the MCU timeline in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. And sometimes day by day. Right. James, welcome yes. back to What If. Hey, thank you. It's What If time again. Um, what if we recorded a podcast episode today? What if we did? Now, what's what has happened since we last heard from our from our What If heroes is that uh, we had our USO tour. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that went good, but let's. I want to check in on what Peggy's been doing Which in is the better. time uh, <laughs> when Steve's been uh, on tour, I mm-hmm. guess, get kissing babies and appearing in comic books. And maybe kissing other women. I don't Ooh, know. Well, no. uh, who knows who he's dancing there. with? Yeah. Is I don't he... think he's dancing, but I do think he's, you know. Tapping his toe, toe tapping. by himself? Wow, James, that was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe just doing some little side wiggles. Tap that toe. Oh, boo. So uh, where are we at, James? So we are doing uh, What If, uh, season one, episode one. We're starting at 11 minutes and 28 seconds and finishing exactly three minutes later at 14 minutes wow. and 28 seconds. Yes. This is the pop song of uh, the What If uh, mm. scenes. That's exactly three minutes long. And here's what happens. Which one would you say it is? Um... Let's see. Um, uh, uh, calling out for, uh, holding out for a hero. Yeah, 100%. I'm um, holding out for a Peggy till the end of the night. We also would have accepted Peg by uh, D- uh, Steely Dan or a mm. mashup of uh, Velvet Underground and Holding Out for a Hero, which would be Holding Out for a Heroine. So this is what happens in um velvet underground didn't have that e at the end of it but uh, yeah oh yeah for sure yep. yeah we, right. we got it yeah because of drugs peg and steve look at a map to discuss peggy and steve look at a map to discuss rescuing the 107th even though they're 50 kilometers behind enemy lines now uh in a future scene after steve's done uh parading around and getting all this the spotlight and glory uh uh, Phillips will tell them that they are 30 miles behind enemy lines, and uh, that that's equivalent. They're they're in the, the same place. It's 30 miles is like 48 kilometers or something. So same yeah. distance, but I think it's interesting that Steve is using metric and Phillips is using, well, of course, like American standard, because right just, because he's American. He's right. a white male. And he's like, all right, folks, this is this is how we're gonna do it. You ever he's hit on an skinny. English lady through units of measure? Steve oh, has. Oh, God, all the time, yeah. He was like 30, mi- 50 kilometers. Oh, oh that, my God. Did that he do anything for you? He converts so easily. I wonder if he could convert me mm. to a wife. She says so that they. James? Yeah. She <laughs> says they need all the help they can get, so they should go rescue the 107th people. Later, a lone Hydra soldier is riding a motorcycle down a path. Carter comes running up beside him and knocks him off his, off the bike. She steals the bike and rides it to the factory. Without even pausing, she busts through the gate, knocks a couple of soldiers out with the bike, then jumps the bike up into the air and kicks it into the bunker where they are firing at her, surely killing all of the people in that bunker. Just absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yep. 
killing hey, killing i'm just gonna go ahead and knock off this one thing from my notes which is boy she starts killing fast huh yeah just uh just without even hesitation um piss off women enough i'm telling you they will not hesitate so that is that topical i'm not sure who knows who could tell Inside their circular cages, which we for sure should discuss in the future, Dugan and Jones and Fallsworth look up at the sound of the explosion overhead. Carter knocks a guard into the room and then releases the 107th from their captivity. Dum Dum Dugan says, Since when did dames fight like that? Peggy takes out four more guards. Since today, understood. She says that she's looking for Sergeant Barnes. Triple D steps out of the way to reveal Bucky, feisty as ever. Who are you supposed to be? Queen of England? She rips the door off to their astounded faces and introduces herself. Then they bust out of the prison. They are met with lots of tanks in addition to standard gunfire. Carter calls for air support and Rogers is... I couldn't tell. Is it Rogers saying I'm inbound or someone saying Rogers is inbound? I couldn't tell which one it was. I just watched it earlier and I uh, and I don't remember. I believe it's him. Because they say Rogers saying... inbound, but it could be... I'm Rogers and I'm inbound. Okay, yeah. Uh, Um, He he flies over their heads in a large iron suit and smashes some of the tanks. Triple D says, hold on a second. She's friends with that that Hydra stomper? Bucky says, I think I'm friends with him too. (laughs) Steve and Peggy Uh take out the rest of the tanks and they all gather in awe and celebration. Bucky says, hold on. You can't even drive a car. Triple D says, so a dame and a flying Buick. Okay. Steve says, let's hear it for Captain Carter. And Peggy, not to be outdone by everyone else, basically being as themselves as they could possibly be in one line, says, save the cheers for the victory parade. We have a war to win. And with with those four lines, we end the scene, and everyone's basically just as characterized as we could possibly be. So, mm-hmm. Colin, before we get into some notes... Uh-huh. Uh, some Avengers Ensemble, some thoughts, some trivia from IMDb. What are your thoughts that you had about this scene? Yes. Okay. I wrote down a couple of things, one of which we've already addressed. Okay. The, the very first one, though, I wrote down is she's fast as fuck in all caps. Because, granted, I don't think he's, like, you know, flooring it. Right. But for someone who being on a motorcycle and for her to, like, jog up to him, yeah, that means she's going fast i mean like it is it's insane how fast she's moving to the point where i'm pretty certain that she moves slower with the motorcycle i think that she does which is like showing that she's just doing it to be showy i feel like and also because she's like this will make a big kaboom yeah Um, exactly i wrote down now granted i know we haven't gotten to this part yet but steve went in quiet and then blew shit up Yep. But Carter just immediately blew shit up. Absolutely. She did not even stop. Yeah. Uh, also wrote down the since when can dames fight like that, followed by since today, is an incredible line and very funny. Um, also, in the same montage where they're like, you know, doing like stuff around. Oh, no, wait. No, this is a different montage. Never mind. Because, uh, wait, did it? No, the, the montage of them like walking out and replicating one of the moves from the movie is in the next scene, right? You know what I'm talking about? The one I, where, do, I do know what you're talking where about. Where it's like captains in front shooting, and there's like two people to the side also shooting, but like in different directions. No, I think that's, that's this. The, that's in this when they bust okay. out of the prison. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So then I, I did right in the right spot. Okay, so it's the same montage, right, in that moment. But for some weird reason, go back and watch it again. 
And notice how Triple D pumps the shotgun, but then when he shoots it, he shoots it downwards. Like not like not at like someone's like chest or head or anything. Like he's shooting it like towards like belt lines and knees. And it's really weird to me. Yeah. Uh because like he's like pulling it up to and then when he shoots, his elbow pushes the tip of it so far down. It's really it's a really weird animation. Yeah. And I just want someone else to notice it. Okay. Yeah. Iron Man, I mean, Iron Steve, uh, I mean, well, okay, close enough. Honestly, pretty great. I think it's cool that in every universe, there is a Stark that knows how to make this suit, basically. Right, yep. Like, I love the fact that it is quite essentially the very first, like, Mark I suit that yeah. Tony would have made in our main timeline. Yeah. But, like, because he's not building it in a in a cave with a box of scraps... Um, it's a little bit more high end and also right. it's got a crazy battery, right? And he doesn't have um, to account for keeping his, keeping the shrapnel. Right. Correct. Like you, it, you don't have to have that part of it. It's more of, he just has to keep the shrapnel away from the entire inside. Sure. From the man, because sure. that boy, again, if someone coughed at him, even through the suit, he'd go, Oh no, uh, that's it for me. Goodbye. Cruel world. Um, right. Because Steve, he's real fragile. And I think it's fun that he's in this huge honking suit. Right. Um, and then also, you mentioned in the last episode, the flying car. Yeah. I love that in the end, Howard Stark still built the flying Buick. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, also, yeah. this is not quite a note for this. This is something that I wrote down literally right before we started recording. I said Triple D in a previous episode. And you said, well, now we've got to call him that from now on. It was in a future uh, episode. Oh, well. Uh, well, I did say it last episode, I'm pretty certain. Um, maybe you said, I don't even know. Well, hey, time is weird, right? Yeah. Also, can't believe I didn't say 3D. What a perfect mm. opportunity for like 3D you know, art. But oh, well, Absolutely. We, we've landed on Triple D and mm. that's his name. D3 the Mighty Ducks, yeah. Ooh, okay. Yep, yeah, that's D3 another D3 the Mighty Dugan. Um, oh. Actually, I, I didn't include this in my Dum uh, Dum in the Comics section, but here's oh, a yeah. fun bonus. At one point, Dum 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 Dugan was recruited by Howard the Duck to be part of a special. It was it was like like the Duck Duck Squad or something like that. It okay. was yeah. So what um, are we? Some kind of Duck Squad? Yeah, exactly. They, yeah, they say the name and it's it's like the logo, but mm-hmm. in the speech bubble. Like, right. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, I I I I like three D. Um, I like triple D a lot though. So yeah, I do like triple D a lot. Yeah. Uh, and so that is every single note that I wrote down. So cool. at that point, if you've got some notes of your own, if you've got some Avengers ensemble, I do, really, I do. Uh, um, then I'm game. All right. So let's start off with some Avengers ensemble. Avengers ensemble. Avengers Ensemble? <laughs> That's like the what the version. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh Dum Dum Dugan is played by a guy named Neil McDonough. Um he was in three episodes of The Flash. Um all of the DC shows that I'm gonna mention, he plays the same person. Mm-hmm. Um he was in Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Four episodes of an American Horror Story season. I was realizing as I was taking these notes that Kristen and I uh, haven't watched yet, um, so that's very exciting. Once this uh, oh. this you know uh, Fury's uh, big week of uh, of 
TV shows that are coming out this week. Uh, we are recording this on June 27th, uh, 2022. A bunch of shows are coming out in the next couple of days. Um, he was on nine episodes of Van Helsing, 21 episodes of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, three episodes of Altered Carbon. He was in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. He was in uh, 1922, which is an adaptation of a Stephen King short story. Uh, he was in 20 episodes of Arrow. Uh, yeah, he, he was, was in uh, Batman Assault on Arkham, not as the same character. Uh, he was in Injustice, Gods Among Us, which is a video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. Uh, he was in Timeline, which is a Michael Crichton time travel. Uh, He's work. on our show? Uh, no, that's Timeline Scavengers. I know it's it's easy to, it's sort of like 28 Days versus 28 Days Later. It's uh, easy oh, to, gotcha, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Okay. Where, the, uh, where the zombies and uh, Timeline is the... Uh, rehab um they tried to make me go to timeline i said aren't you my grandfather um he was also in minority report he was in two episodes of the x-files eight episodes of perennial captain america uh crossover band of brothers he was in 21 episodes of the incredible hulk 1996 cartoon as bruce banner oh huh. he was in star trek first contact one episode of the 1995 Iron Man series as Firebrand. Uh, he was in Angels in the Outfield, and he was in one episode of Quantum Leap. So, this guy has been in a lot of stuff, but Colin looks like you have something to say. I was just going to say, I was waiting for you to, you know. Oh, no, um, I was going to transition I, to the next thing. I think that it's interesting that, like, when you look at him in the movie, right? Yeah. He does straight up look like Neil McDonough. But yeah. at the same time, you look at him and you go, I feel like I know that guy. He, they yeah. do such a good job of making him look just different enough where you go, God, I swear I know that guy. Yeah. And you cannot place it. Right. And it's not until you see like a picture of him without orange hair and specifically the mustache, I think, is what really t- does it, you know, because he's almost always clean shaven. Yeah. So seeing him with a bunch of facial hair, you're like, God, he looks familiar, but I yeah. can't place it. And then, like, seeing him then, like, it's one of those things where it honestly took me an embarrassing amount of time to realize that Damien Dark and Dum Dum Dugan, which 5Ds at that point. um, 2D plus 3D. Yeah. uh, Equals the smell of vision, I guess. Yeah. Uh, But, like, it just shows, though, that, like, he is transformative in this sense. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I I do really like him. I I I like him a lot as an actor. Yeah. He's very, very good. I wish that we'd gotten more Dum Dum Dugan. I would have, I would have been all right with a, a Howling Commandos TV show. That would have, that would have rolled. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If could give us an opportunity, like honestly, some of the like cartoon ability of stuff, like yeah, I think it'd be fun if they did things that are like canon, but not exactly like essential stories, like kind of right. like the one shot stuff. Like it'd be mm-hmm. fun if they could really do some like shorts that are like just there to be fun not right. to further along other stories. I would right. love that. That would be very cool. That'd be very cool. Um, hey, speaking of comics. Does he write them? No, my yes, favorite uh, transition is the one that is not a transition at all. Not a transition um, at all, yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about Dum Dum Dugan in the comics. Uh, I found out something, a couple of things that were He's pretty wild. wild that yeah. I'm excited to talk to you about. Uh, his first appearance was in Sergeant Fury number one in March of 1963. Uh, his full name... Timothy Aloysius Cadwallader Dugan. I love that name so much. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it very much. Uh, he was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, which explains the racism 
cut that if you want, but it is true. No, it is true. <laughs> he was born into a poor family of Irish immigrants at the age of at the young age. Wow, editorializing there, uh, Wiki, Marvel Wikia. Uh, at the young age of fourteen, he joined the circus as a strongman and par- as a strongman and part-time prize fighter to make money. He was on tour in England on the lead-up to World War II. In early 1941, he was traveling through. He was traveling with the circus through Europe. In the Netherlands, Dugan first met Nick Fury, the man who would become his closest friend, who was then a performer in a stunt flying act and a parachute instructor. Dugan helped Fury and Sam, uh, Happy Sam Sawyer, they don't call him Happy Sam here, escape the Nazis during a mission. Dugan later joined the British Army. So that's about where it was in the comics, but here's some more information. In 1961, Dugan, along with other intelligence agents, see how many of these you can pick out uh, both now and later, John Garrett, Thomas Davidson, Vasily Dasayev, Cornelius Van Lunt, Baron Strucker, Shoyal Soma, Nick Fury, Jake Fury, Daniel Whitehall, and Victor Uvarov were called by Leonardo da, Vinci, Leonardo da Vinci, and I looked it up, and this isn't a name of someone taking the name of Leonardo da Vinci, but actual, honest it's Leonardo actual, da Vinci. Okay. Yep. To form the Great Wheel of Zodiac. Each member was assigned a code name from the Zodiac calendar, Dugan being Libra. The group consisted of the best covert agents from around the globe. After only a few key missions for Da Vinci, he would provide them resources that would be of great value to their own separate agendas. The mission was a success, and Vasily began conspiring with Victor. Together, they betrayed the Great Wheel and stole the technology their missions had acquired. The broken Great Wheel led to the creation of S.H.I.E.L.D., Hydra, Leviathan, and the Zodiac Cartel. Due to their long history together, Nick Fury invited Dugan to join S.H.I.E.L.D. In August of 1966, a year after the establishment of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fury and Dugan found themselves in a top-secret mission to stop Otto Vermis from destroying Fort Knox, as you do. What was supposed to be a typical (laughs) mission took a turn for the worse when Dugan was fatally wounded by a ricocheted bullet. Deeply affected by the prospect of losing his best friend, Fury decided to put to work some extremely advanced life model decoys, which had been retrofitted with alien tech. Dugan's mm-hmm. body was put in was kept in suspended animation in a secret base, and his consciousness was beamed into his new robotic body. Since the mission that almost cost Dugan his life had been top secret, only Fury knew the truth of Dugan's new state of being, and he led Dum Dum to believe he would retain his youth in the years onwards due to the use of the Infinity Formula. Fury would also mm. keep an array Making of him a real Dum Dum. Uh, love that. Uh. Um, Fury would also keep an array of spare LMD bodies to use every time Dugan's robotic body was badly damaged. And it happened a lot. Yeah, it sure did. And I then, literally just read one the other day. I think it was during the Secret Scrawl invasion, I think. Yeah. Where, I mean, like, brutally murders multiple people and then just blows up his LMD suit. And Fucking crazy. There's a, a part at some point where they're like, okay, I guess we'll just download a new consciousness into the LMD and they go and find the LMD warehouse and none of them have consciousnesses downloaded onto them. They're like, who was supposed to back up Dum Dum Dugan? What is going on here? So then it turns out that they just go and find, remember when they put him in suspended animation Mm -hmm. before? They just get that guy. They just bring that guy back. So... 
And he's like, wait, so I wasn't just eternally young? They're like, ooh, you are going to start dying now, by the way. Yeah, you are seriously, you are not uh, invincible. You will not live forever. Do not stub your toe. Um, I also like, you know a dum-dum is a a type of bullet, right? It's a... Oh, I didn't didn't actually. I, it's a, I only know it because it's a kind of bullet you can get in uh, uh, Duke Nukem 64. Mm. Uh, it, I, Classic. I, I don't think it's a hollow tip, but it might be. It's something similar to a hollow tip like that explodes a lot more uh, on impact. Dum-dum bullet, even common in the First World War, originally rifle ammunition with an uncovered lead core at the top, soft point bullet, or covered but cylindrical drilled out bullet, hollow point bullet. Yeah. So there's two different types of bullets that could use the name, which is weird. I'm like, just choose one and then give the other one a different name. Oh, interesting. I found it in German, which is really strange. Um yeah, so yeah, they they really like butterflied out, which is kind of yeah, interesting. Which is what which is what a hollow point bullet does. Right, uh, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, it's interesting I, to think they about. They did way more, I feel like, than I was expecting for a rifle one to do. Yeah. But it's interesting to think about Dum Dum Dugan being called that and like why he is called that and stuff. Do you <gasps> just see pictures of people that have been shot with? <gasps> I no, I did I so I just saw the difference between a normal bullet wound versus like if someone were to get shot straight through the leg. Yeah. Versus what? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Humanity is fucking terrible. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I think because like cartoons and movies and all that other stuff usually just sort of show it being stopped by like, you a know, bone. Um, yeah. Or, or, or by like bulletproof vests and stuff like that a lot of the times. Like if you were to see the bullet. Right. On someone, it's usually because it got stopped or whatever. So it's like flattened out like against Kevlar or whatever. But seeing that it would do this, but like inside a person. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I mean, just straight through bone. I mean, absolutely. Oh, I've got to get off this page. I'm actually I actually think I might be sick. This 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 picture is like, like the first one was like an example. Like, but like like a um like, like a, a figure. Yeah. Yeah, like a, you know, like like a figure drawn as like what kind of damage it could do. And then I saw an actual picture from World War One. Yeah. Uh, and like black and white. And like, even with low quality, yeah. I've seen too much. Yeah. I just saw another. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm getting out. Uh, that, oh, that last one. Oh, I'm going to see that one when I try to go to sleep tonight. Oh, no. A person who lived through it, but like their face is like half gone. Holy shit. Yeah. So, oh, God. That was his nickname. Anyways, so he's also a killer, I guess. Yeah, he's I just guess like, so. oh, he's just yeah. He no, not, he, a ho- nothing in his head, but very explosive. Colin, that's <laughs> all I had for uh, for this episode. I also have nothing else, so that I can go throw up. No, I'm kidding. I won't do that. But what I will do is, is I will talk to you about our Patreon. Patreon.com/slash The Scavengers Network is a place where, for just two dollars a month or more, you're always welcome to give more. Uh, in fact, please do, because it does help us tremendously with doing a bunch of really cool things that we've got coming up soon, which I'll talk about uh, in the n- probably the next episode or some somewhere around there. So uh, what we do, though, with Scavengers Network's Patreon is uh, you get bonus content from our show and from a bunch of other shows, and you get things like, uh, James has the one, no, the, the, it's coming up soon though right the the special bonus content that we recorded for this show last year it's coming up in the beginning of august, of august. 
So yeah. in, in just a, in just about a week or so from this episode airing, you'll be able to hear uh, a actually the very first piece of of bonus content that we actually did for this show. Actually, I, when you really think about it, it's the it's the beginning of the of the actual timeline version of the scene we talked about today. Yes. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Very good point. So that is vague enough for you to go, what the hell does that mean? So you're going to want to go find that out. And the way to find that out is to go to patreon.com slash the scavengers network and put in your $2 or more a month to find out that and so much more content uh, than you know what to do with. And with that, thank you very much uh, for helping support us and keeping us going and being able to do fun things like live shows and uh, traveling to conventions, things of that nature. And we're going to come back for you, though, on this show next time with more Timeline Scavengers. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What If? And as always, I am Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Since when can an Excelsior fight like that? (laughs) I like that. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.